It's no longer a regularly scheduled podcast. It's more like a special edition, Jeremy. <laughs> these are, you know, we release these almost like Netflix does documentaries. It's, <laughs> you know, we'll le- re- we release them maybe once once a month and then we'll do two or three episodes at a time. And um, I just, I'm really sorry to all the people who, who, um, who look forward to this podcast every week because... By golly, we're not every week. I don't know what to no, say. We uh, we do something every week. We're on. We're in sports well, extra. We, you know, we're we do this. Um, you know, I, I can I can say that recently with some of the conversations I've had, I'm aware that we are watched or listened to whichever one they're doing. Um, you know, by the by the majorly the majorly baseball personnel, college coaches, you know, players. So. I'm not. I'm not sure. Am, amateur and and professional. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, you know. I know we're, we've been consistent, but I think everybody knows we've been pretty busy. And it's you know in 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 former years or previous years, we're starting to ramp up for the postseason. So now there's a time for us to. This is the time we kind of get going. You know, I've had my summer. Usually, you've had. You know, this year you've had world travels that have gone <laughs> on. And you know, I mean, we're usually in a position where we're ready to rock right around now. So. Uh, it's not it's not bad timing and you know look let's face it in the postseason we're every day that's true you know all the time and you know thanks we're just ramping uh, up we're ramping up yeah it's our spring trainer right now we're getting going (laughs) the big news around the baseball industry was an announcement from new balance future stars series that um new balance future stars series and Stack Sports enter a industry-changing agreement, which includes the area code games. And basically, Future Star Series will integrate its cutting-edge technology platforms from Stack Sports into its operations to benefit players and families. I guess the big takeaway, Jeremy, is... And I know the athletic dove into this a little bit. Well, yeah, more than a little bit. I think you're trying to simplify team travel and simplify some of travel baseball. Is that kind of dumbing it down in terms of a headline? You know, I listen, I've um this has been something that, you know, um first of all, I need to pat everybody on the back. Oh, wait, wait. Should I tell people who may not know about the area code games? Go ahead. Or do you think most people here know what the area code game is? I would think, no, I don't know, because, you know, something I've learned from Jason Churchill is that uh, people that listen or people that read, they don't read down. They listen and read up, right? So if people are here for the big league stuff, they're not going to know about the college stuff or the high school stuff. So, um, you know, if you want to give them a, a quick elevator on it, that's fine. Well, area code games are, it's a select tournament. No? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Select tournament, amateur. um, The teams are named after major league teams. You have the athletics, you have the White Sox, you have the Royals. And you look at some of the players that have played in that event or those events over the years, Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, Clayton Kershaw, um, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's a lot of times a who's who and all the scouts go, right? Yep. And it's it's a pretty big deal. Actually, it's a very big deal. And there's tryouts held nationwide. 
to earn a spot at the area code games in late, well, late summer, which is about August. Is that yeah, a good enough a, little Cliff's Notes version? August 5th-ish. I mean, listen, I you know, growing up in Southern California, I was a, a very young, uh, just pre, pre-high school age player, not by much, um, when, it, when it started in 1988, I want to say. Um, and then by the time I got to 1990, I went to my first area code tryout. And the idea then was um, it was just California. It expanded to, you know, other other regions, obviously, and now there's eight teams. Um, for the purposes of continuity, I'll explain at the time there was Team One Showcase. There was the Olympic Festival with USA Baseball. There was uh, obviously area codes when I just talked about. And then later on, not too much later on, started East Coast Pro, which is essentially like the area code East. Now, within that, you've had other groups that have done different stuff. Now, we are um, a little bit of, of a throwback with a very progressive tilt. That's how I would describe us. Pro people, um, obviously grown, uh, a little bit of an international touch to it in, in different places. You know, and, and of course, my background has been has now been talked about quite a bit with how I grew up in the game, who I grew up around, you know, what that what that meant to me. And then, you know, being a Southern California native, I remember the purity of the area code games. Now, over time and, and look, I, for last couple of days now, I could spend hours on this and I'm, I know we only have a little, little window. So I'm going to try to do this in as short a, a window as I can. Last couple of days um, has been a very interesting time for me. And the reason why it's been interesting is that, you know, some time ago, um, going back quite a, quite a while now, um, several newspaper or, or online publications, whichever way we want to call them today, have discussed doing um, stories on the Future Star series, have discussed diving deeper into my background, have discussed, uh, want to talk about um, foundations and players that have been here and why we do things the way we do. And I have resisted. I've resisted for a while. And the reason why I resisted was because very similar to when you and I first connected, I said, I'll let you know when I'm ready to do that. And so I I just, I wasn't ready to do it. We had stuff we were dealing with that I wanted to grow. I had a book that was coming, um, you know, and, and, and a second one that's on the way. And there was just some things that had to get done with the series. We had to fight through a pandemic and I'm not, these aren't excuses. This is just my why. This is why this didn't happen. Um, over time, we had some milestones. And those milestones are well documented, and I just don't need to go backwards into them. But as a team, I think we did a pretty good job over here. And uh, with that, Major League Clubs, as you well know, noticed, and for the first time ever, we have a an actual advisory board for us that's similar. Uh, and, and in a group, well, we're a group that I would say is somewhere between perfect game and, and all the way free. That's kind of, I, I don't know how else to put that. I mean, that's just kind of where we are. Very small, very small contribution to something to to get involved. And there's an accountability function, which which helps um, helps cover costs and obviously, you know, donate to child cancer and, and homelessness and, and build houses and all the things that we've done. Now, um, listen, let's just get it out there. I've got some enemies in the game. If you're not doing anything that if – if you don't have any enemies in the game, you're doing it wrong. This game has been around for a long time, and there's a lot of people that have their own little niche they've car- carved out. I am somebody who's a disruptor. There are people that are currently with Major League Baseball who uh, – and I don't, I'm not talking about the offices here. I'm talking about with teams who are very – I'm just going to directly say it um, – focused, leader-oriented, uh, forward-thinking – uh, easy to be around, 
direct. There's a number of qualities that can still bring people together. And then you got some people who are really, really small-minded, who like to look down on you, who like to, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about people in general, like to look down on you, like to, to cause trouble, like to make things up. And I am somebody who has always having been, let's call it, a, I don't want to say polarizing because I would never categorize my, myself that way. Let's say somebody who is unafraid to speak their mind. How's that? Unafraid to speak speak my mind. Okay. Um, I'm somebody with every accomplishment that I've had, which means nothing because it's just some another bump in the road. It's everything I've done. I'm somebody who has always had, had, had people gunning for them. And when that happens, you tend to like it. You tend to use it for fuel. And I promise you, and I know that you and I know each other exceptionally well. I promise you, if you're out there and you don't know that, you haven't paid attention. You start coming for me, and I'm not going to lose. Promise you that. I'm just not going to happen. I, I'm not the, if I, just because I don't react right away doesn't mean I don't remember it. Doesn't mean it's not filed away, and doesn't mean that when that time comes and we're standing face to face with all you've tried to do to stab or cut down or whatever we're doing, which this is far bigger than just one person. This is what's going on. You're trying to cut that stuff down. I will not forget. I keep receipts, and when the time comes face to face, I'm going to bury you. Is that direct enough? Okay. So now that we've got, I mean, hold okay. on, I'm going somewhere with this. All right, because. Yeah, please I'm do. I'm going somewhere with this. So now that we've got that, because I'm not worried about me not telling the truth. I'm not worried about me. You know, I'll take all the bullets I can. We're going to keep moving. We're in a situation here where we found some like-minded people in Stack Sports. Stack Sports, I've gotten to know their leadership over the last year or so, okay, uh, almost. And I can tell you the people that I've met are phenomenal. They're phenomenal people. Okay, they're they're direct, they're careful, they're thoughtful, they're open, they're good people, and I feel like I've we've developed on our side, certainly me, some some very good relationships with them. Certainly, there are people that are involved in this in the area code event, which has been built now in over thirty five years. Right, lots of big league players have gone through there. Lots of high picks. I mean, you know, it, it, and, and then there's some guys that have been just brought along that don't belong in in that event, and that's just okay. It's what happens. All right. Um, that said, it's still an event. It's just an event. It's a good event. We've had guys like Tink Hens and other and, and other guys like that who were afterthoughts or didn't make the event. Um, another one this year that you know we sent to the event with a different team out of the, instead of a, a who who just didn't make the Texas team for whatever reason, and he was the pitcher of the event. We sent him there. Okay, period. But the reality is, is that scouting is fallible. It's never going to be right one hundred percent of the time, and so it's not something where you're indicting these guys. We all agree, us and Stack, that the system needs to change. We've gotten way out of whack. And as many people out there that complain, and we're talking millions of people out there that literally complain about this series, us and Stack Sports had the uh, intestinal fortitude to be able to take this step forward and do it. And I'm happy being at the front of the line, taking all the bullets I can, because we're still going to get where we're going. Now, there's a lot more like-minded people out there. There is a veritable army in my corner behind us with, with this change that's coming. This isn't meant to indict any one group, and it's certainly not meant to tear anybody else down or any one person. It's just meant to bring systemic change. So we're gonna we've with Stack, we've got some excellent technology that we're going to incorporate. We've already started. We've got an event that they happen to be the owners of, which is a long-standing event that can work 
in synergy with what we're doing. That's it. It works in synergy with what we're doing. We are pure on this side. Their goal is to be pure on that side. We want to open up better uh, quality of players against each other more often, whether it's teams or whether it's in the individual side. We want to be support, like we just talked about with that picture I just mentioned. We want to be a situation where um, scouts know where where uh, where they can see these players, which I'm going to say this right now, and I don't care if you love or hate me, doubt my eval. I dare you. Go ahead, because I'm fine with my resume and I'm fine with what we do. And I'm also fine with my comp with my team's group because I'll pick Gordon Blakely against anybody in baseball. I just will. I just will. And I know and I, I'm, I'm a Bobby Heck fan. Like I got a Bobby Heck fat head on my wall, you know, and, and, and Darren Johnson and 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 Jackson. I got a lot of guys that can really evaluate, you know, Mike that I've known, Mike Rickard uh, down the line, guys I came in the game with. But I'll take Gordon Blakely as eval, too. I'll, I'll run it right up there. Five World Series rings is no joke. You know what I mean? So um, with all that said, like-minded people doing like-minded things. That's it. The amount of people that think this is good for the game are 99.9%. The amount of people that have congratulated Stack and us, and I'm talking about with our release, are, I think that's good, um, are, are, are overwhelming. It's And it's, it's good because there's more coming, man. You know, this isn't, this isn't it. This isn't like where we stop. Jay, you know there's more behind this, okay? I got not just one ace in my back pocket, brother. I got two, and they are coming out, and whenever I, whenever we're ready to do it, they are coming, and it's just going to continue to benefit the group and, and the game as a whole. So, um, you know, the athletic article was was humbling, This being able to do this with a group like Stack who really believes in, uh, and I'm not talking about people who may feel a little threatened by this. I don't care. I do not care. Let somebody else worry about that. If you're threatened by this, I feel feel for you. Why would feel they feel? You. Why would why would they feel threatened? Because we all, we, you know, some people like their own little piece of their yard. You know, oh, you're stepping on my yard, or hey, I listen to somebody else, and oh, you know what? Like we're better. Man, eat, come on, you know, let's stack up one to one here, and I promise you, I'll take this side on this side. And you know, again, the amount of people is even it about market baseball, share, Jeremy? That you're you're cutting no, into market that. share now with with area code. No, I, I think that people know that if you haven't treated me well, they get a little bit afraid that because I keep receipts that what's going to happen if I'm in a different position. But that's not how I operate. Business is business. Personal is personal. There's a lot of people I've been around I don't necessarily like much, and we can still work together, right? It's if you get in the way of the goal, I'm not going to protect you. It's not going to. And that's just who I am. And I'm not going to apologize for that. So I'll say it again. A bunch of uh, uh, positivity in, in the group at Stack, some 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 vision on this side and the and the athletic Melissa Lockard. Thank you to her for really writing about us, you know, and, 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 and our group and what we do and my background and, and including Stack in that, because, yeah, us two groups aligning like that. That's all we're aligning. That's what we're doing. We're aligning and running stuff parallel and making sure we can make it better for players and families. That deserves a pat on the back to both both groups because you can't do it by yourself. So um, it's a long-winded way to say I'm thankful for what's going on. I'm thankful to have found partners, and we're not done. How much influence will you have within the area code games now? So that's a really, really good question. I'm really glad you asked it because it's appropriate. Let me say this, okay? I have zero desire in picking those teams. None. I don't want to do it. I got my own events to run. I want nothing to do with it. I don't. 
What I think that the goal here is, is to continue to plug good people in collectively into good places, to X, to make everybody else's life easier with technology, and to eliminate a lot of things that players don't really need to go to by aligning groups that do have similar thought processes and have track records. That's the goal. It's a, it's, let's call it a little bit of an industry unification, not a takeover, not somebody taking over other events. Cause I, I'm not letting them take over my events and they're not asking. I don't want, I'm, they're not going to pick my, now, now look, my our advisory board, I'll say it here first, our advisory board, when the rest of this is complete, will absolutely consult with me on a conglomeration of these events, but I ain't, I don't want anything to do with picking these teams. I got a bunch of stuff to worry about, man. We got four companies here. We got digital going on. We got, I got major league stadiums to deal with. Like I'm good. I don't need anything else on my plate. A podcast okay? once every two months. Yeah. And it's, it's never been a, a desire of mine to do it. Why would you want to do that? You know, we have other things that we need to get to. And, and the athletic did a good job of highlighting some of the other things we do besides that, just that one event. We do, we don't do that one event, man. We have hundreds of events now a year um, that impact different levels of players and try to have some kind of return and impact on the game. And that is what our major league advisory board bought into was a wholesale game change. So I'd be a complete hypocrite if I decided to turn around and just be part of this thing. That's not how that works. What I will say is I believe there's a collaboration that can naturally occur with some of the things that Stack and us would like to see happen that still allows us to control our own events, okay? New Balance did not do this with me through, let's call it a very lengthy extension on top of now, right? This is what, seven years? It's not over yet. We're going to get well past 10 before we even have to talk about this again, okay? So that's not going away. So they didn't do this with me to let that happen again. That's nothing, not a slight on them. It's just what they wanted to do and what we wanted to do. When it comes to what they're doing, they have a great event. They have a very, a great, well-attended, 500 scout attended event. And it's something if I'm an amateur player, I want to be a part of. But, <coughs> excuse me, with that in mind, it's a five-day event and we, that's not what we do here. So we're going to work together. We're going to work side by side. We'll start with a calendar. We'll start with kind of a, a connecting of the dots, if you will. We'll start with some ways we can mutually help each other. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. And that's it. We're, this isn't a one-year thing. It's not a 70-year thing. It's a, something we're going to try for an extended period of time to see what phases make sense best. Anytime you disrupt the industry, people are going to be a little freaked out. They're going to be a little scared. Do you know what? Are you in it for you or are you in it for the players? Are you in it for the game or are you in it for your pocket? Because I'll tell you right now, money doesn't motivate me. Business, business is business, but money doesn't motivate me. I'm motivated by something else. And so if you're getting in my way because of money, we're going to have a problem. I'm actually glad I asked that follow-up question because I felt like you answered my first question a little more concisely. So now I think I understand, and I think the audience will understand what this partnership, this unification means. It starts with calendar and connecting dots. And, you know, I'll use Matt it's High. About streamlining the things a little. Yeah, I mean, we use Matt, and, and technology is such a big part of this. I mean, the game plan stuff that Stack has is great for our data model and some of the things that we gather together. Players can have that individually. Um, you know, we've got we've got some registration stuff that streamlines our process. We've got a 
uh, a few different things there. It's not, it's not like it's a one one hit wonder. There's four or five different groups that they have that all work together with what we're doing. We have so much, so much of a scale. You know, I mean, I, to me, if you're against this, you're just afraid of our evals being better than yours. I'll just flat out say it. And there's a couple people in particular that I'm, I'm going to talk around when I say that, but that's because my evals or our, our evals as a group been better than theirs for 20 years. There, I just said it. Okay. It doesn't mean though that you need to get in the way of this. So, um, you know, it's, it's imperative that everybody understands that, every, that each side or each group is going to have control of what they built to this point. And I certainly don't want any part of controlling that over there. I don't want anything to do with that. I got enough to worry about over here, but I do want to make it better for players as a whole. And I also know with the stuff that's coming behind it, our focus has always been development, role building, growth, and exposure. Because I'm fairly certain that if I tell you somebody can play and I tell you why, as Michael Holmes stated, as Michael Holmes stated in the athletic article, and I didn't even know Holmes he was going to talk about until I read it. As Michael Holmes said, the credibility that's been earned over here is something I take very seriously, and I'm very thankful for for that. I don't need to worry about anybody else's yard. I got my own to take care of. All right, now, now that we've uh... thank you for that, by the way, because I'm chomping at that one. I didn't know no, I'm asked. I'm glad. I it, again, we don't rehearse this, we don't talk about it, and uh, I'm glad I asked that follow up question. Oh yeah, because I've been I've been pretty I've been pretty heated over uh, over something the last couple of days. Yeah, and I, I just. I, I I know you and I kind of discussed it a little yeah, bit. You know, but, I, I'm just I've been like incensed. All right, angry. Yeah, I, I know, okay. I know you. I know, and I, just, I know I that part. I just didn't. All right, so let's let's focus on this a little bit right now. When you look at, and I think this is applicable to every major league team, but I'm going to obviously zero in on the Astros here. Fans in Houston have a big problem at a certain position. Martin Maldonado is the starting catcher for the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. Statistics, analytics will tell you Yiner Diaz. Yiner Diaz is a better catcher defensively and <laughs> offensively. Fans don't understand why Dusty Baker continues to play Martin Maldonado. As a former catcher, can you tell us why Dusty would hold serve or continue to play Martin Maldonado. And I imagine it has a lot to do with the feelings and preferences of his pitching staff. So I, you know, you, you caught me on a good night um, because this is, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just fired up, man. So we're just going to get into it. And that's what we do. Sometimes I'm, you know, the energy is a little bit different based on what you and I've had to have going on. Tonight, oh, you bring it. You, I would uh, say, eighty-five percent tonight. Tonight in that night, and 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 I'm I'm on it now. So I'm we're going to talk a little bit about a fan base that is very very passionate, but also has a tendency to look at things as if it's two plus two equals four, and that's it. And that's not how this thing works. Um, I saw some tweets today. Um, we've had the John Singleton discussion. You know, I I saw some tweets today when when James Click was mentioned as somebody who. Um, was a World Series winning GM and the architect of last year's team, right? And then other people said, no, no, it's Jeff Luno. Are we really going back there? I do, I'm just saying it's like the, the, the this is the same group that said Corey Lee was the second coming. You know, we have just to – got called up. He that's just great. got called up. That's great. And we said Yiner Diaz, who I saw live, right, who I'd seen live, was the better player. I think we have our answer. Now, 
With that in mind, Yiner Diaz is still very new to the big leagues. Today's developmental path is accelerated. There's less levels, right? There's less roster spots. It's accelerated. Playing in the major leagues for all people who have never done it, myself included, right, who watch it at a different level, it's extremely difficult to do. Playing professional baseball at any level is extremely difficult to do. And playing at that level, the smallest mistake in the world means you lose a championship. And we saw that even in the Nationals and the Astros back in 2019. Okay? So Houston should be able to remember that fairly well. Now, with that said, well, Martin Maldonado that Yiner Diaz has it, that Yiner Diaz is not, is experience. So he's got, he's got experience. Now, should he be playing four days a week? No, I don't think he is. Should he play every, you know, here and there and catch a couple of guys that make sense so that Yiner can learn and maybe get some at bats as DH? Or how about plugging him in at first base, maybe instead of a singleton? Yeah, Diaz's bats got to be in the lineup, but there's something to be said for watching watching what's going on and taking it in. Do I think Maldonado catches in the postseason 100% of the time? No, I don't. Do I think Maldonado is somebody who is going to catch, who's, who is going to transition as this year goes on into more of a backup role or 100% of a backup role? Yeah. I mean, Yiner Diaz offensively is is has a chance to hit, what, 25 for the years over, right? 2025. And then you've got you've got the defense, which has been much much uh, maligned until he got here. And I know a certain baseball analyst on KHOU that saw him catch and told you they just gotta he can prove some things, he's gotta go catch, right? And you know, somebody did it and he's done that. So do I think this is forever? No, I think there's a learning curve that has to happen at the big league level that until you've ever played this game in any level, especially at that one, you don't quite understand if you haven't evaluated it, gone through it, experienced it, or reported on it. It's not a lot different than just watching a stat sheet and saying that that guy's got to play. Now, do I think Diaz needs to play more? Yeah, I do. I don't think Mal, I think Maldonado is a backup. And I thought that going into the year, um, you know, Yonder Diaz should have been the guy anyway. But I understand why it's worked out this way. And I think Dusty's right. I think the city is going to thank him when Diaz is catching for the next decade. And then you have the experience question. Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez. Christian Javier, Martin Maldonado. I have a feeling those pitchers look at Martin Maldonado a little differently than Yiner Diaz. Remember when Carlos Correa was here and Carlos Correa, he was almost like this captain and he was telling Fromber to settle down and he was settling down the guys in the infield and the pitchers Martin Maldonado, while not that vocal, at least outwardly that we see Martin Maldonado plays a similar role to what Carlos Correa once did. And I think that's a big reason why Martin Maldonado continues to play regardless of what the analytics say. I'll give you I'll give you an example, and and I'm not comparing myself to Yiner Diaz and and the guys that I'm talking about to um, to Maldonado. But when I first started out as as a someone who was denied free agency on Major League Baseball, for those of you that don't know that story, that's how it happened. And I ended up in St. Paul as the youngest player in the league. Second youngest was JD Drew. The guy that was with me there was a guy named Matt Noakes. And for those of you, some of you guys may not remember Matt Noakes. It's okay. Matt Noakes was a pretty good hitter. Wasn't that great of a defender, but he was a good hitter and he had experience and he could and he knew how to handle a staff. 
And I went from playing every day to somebody who was playing every third day. I I take a day off, I DH, and I catch a third day um, because Noakes, Noakes, he was teaching me. He was teaching me how to handle advanced pitchers, guys that were big league guys already, as somebody who at 21 years old hadn't had any of that time. Um, and then my next stop was was in was in a, with a place a guy named um, uh, Gerardo Reyes, I believe his name was, or Gilberto Reyes. Okay, and Gilberto Reyes was a catcher from the Dominican Republic who played a long time, and he was well past his prime. And I was strong and ready to go, and could throw and could hit and all those things, but I wasn't all all the way healthy. And I used that time to sit behind him and watch what he did. It didn't mean that I didn't have a more upside. It didn't mean that I wasn't fresher in my career. Didn't mean any of that stuff. It just meant there were veteran guys you had to learn from. And that time was invaluable. Okay. And I promise you what Yainer Diaz is doing, which is actually more impressive considering how much Maldonado is catching. Okay. What he's doing is going is, is to benefit him in the long run because he's going to learn the game. He's going to watch veteran pitchers. He's going to get on the same page. He's going to have his own voice and his own presence, and it's going to matter. Does it? Does it a little bit painful right now? when Maldonado doesn't swing the bat well or he has a, a rough defensive go of it and Yiner Diaz is fresh, yeah, it is. But you know what? There's a process to that. And kudos to Dusty, although I don't agree with everything he's doing, but kudos to Dusty for us looking for the long game instead of just the immediate. Very deadline was a while ago, but it's very interesting you said to me something when the Astros made their deal, Justin Verlander, Drew Gilbert, well, Justin Verlander, and a Brinks truck coming to Houston yeah. for Drew Gilbert and Sean Clifford. And you told me, and I, I still, it resonates with me, and we only have about five minutes left. This just shows you draft for upside because it took Drew Gilbert and Sean Clifford, two guys, to get a Justin Verlander. And is it Ryan Clifford or Sean Clifford? Did I say Sean Clifford? Ryan yeah. Clifford. Ryan Clifford. You draft for upside, and and to you, this was more. This was more of a tell that you draft for upside because if you draft draft safe guys, your Corey Lees, your Seth Beers, your JB Bacoskis's, they just don't bring talent back. And if they do, you got to package eight of them like the Astros once did. Um. Man, you caught me in a good night. Well, you, know, you only I'm, have four minutes left. Well, so. this will be quick. I'm somebody who has been very, very hard. I think that's fair on the Astros drafting the entire time, and I'm not wrong. I think the record has proven itself out um, to the point where Chris Gross decided he didn't want his guys attending our events. Okay? That's how upset he was. Yeah, yeah I said it. I'm not going to hide that anymore. But Chris did a good job when he drafted Drew Gilbert. And um, – Putting that personal stuff on his side aside may be difficult for him. It's not for me. Business is business. And he drafted Drew Gilbert, and Drew Gilbert has a chance to be Lane Dykstra. And so you send, and he may be better. Lane Dykstra's a pretty good player back in the day. So the Mets are looking at, man, I got a bunch of guys that are, that are young. I need to have them come, come through together. I got some upside. I got some impact in Drew Gilbert. I got some stuff he can do. Uh, the Ryan Clifford kid is, is obviously a guy. It's another very good pick by Chris Gross and his people um, when they were there. So um, you know, you, you take that and you and you go forward, um, you know, and you look at what the Mets are trying to acquire and they're trying to acquire impact. You can't turn around and take, you know, floor guys that um, everybody else can find everywhere because it, anywhere else because it's safe. The Seth Beers of the world 
are not the right pick. The Noah Naylors of the world are the right pick. The Drew Gilberts of the world in that part of the draft are the right pick. And by the way, Astros fans, I'm going to tell you right now, Bryce Matthews was the right pick. No matter what happens, he was the right pick. And here's why. Because if you're at the back of the first round, you take a college performer or you take upside impact. And those guys got both of it, both things. And AD makeup kid, who's a football player that my colleague here pointed out in talking about his athleticism, his upside and his grit and determination and a Houston native. What else are you looking for? I promise you, you can trade him somewhere else. All right. Gavin Dickey. And and Dana and the entire and Chris and the entire crew over there did a great job making that player of the selection. And that's a couple of drafts back to back now that this department has done well. So they're setting themselves up to get other pieces. And that is why you draft impact. And that's why you do not draft guys who are just one role or one trick guys because it doesn't work. Sean Clifford is the quarterback, Penn State, now with the Green yeah. Bay Packers. It's football season, Jeremy. I apologize. I, I will give you a pass. Ryan Clifford. All right. Well, huh? Pretty good player. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Well, the Astros typically draft uh, one or two guys, high school guys that they save their money for and throw a, throw a bunch of money at one guy. And, um, you know, this time it worked. This hey, all, worked. All, I, all I know is that, um, you know, again, have, I haven't been wrong. I give them credit where credit is due. You know, I'm, I'm excited for our events coming up here. I'm excited for the Astros to try to get in the postseason. They're right in the middle of it. There's, it's a long way to go with where they sit this year. Um, you know, and I'm looking forward to another main event at Fenway Park where another 33 guys might get drafted out of that. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for another Extra Bases. Until next time, whenever that is, he's Jeremy. I'm Jason. As always, thanks for listening. And please uh, rate this podcast. Give us a rating. Ask your questions. Say whatever you want. You guys comment listen. away. Yeah, knock yourself out. away, and um, I, I love it. We'll deal Bring with it. it at a later time. Take care. Have a lot everybody. of fun with it.